This episode of the Blackstick Global Podcast is sponsored by Blackstick Global Passport. Join aspiring Black expats, expats, and repats, where you can build community, get resources, and gain support along your journey abroad. You're invited to join Blackstick Global Passport. Inside Passport, you'll find exclusive workshops on everything from expat taxes, financial planning, insurance, job boards, accountability check-ins, and more more. You can even take Passport on the go with our app available for iOS and Android devices. Just click the link in the episode you're listening to or visit blacksitglobal.com and click on Passport. See you inside. I kind of reinvent myself all the time and I would have never done that back home. One, because it's too expensive because <laughs> I couldn't be able to afford to change up all the time. But two, just because, you know, just society, your family, your friends who love you and are trying to see you succeed, they just don't, they usually don't want to put you outside of their box. So now the world is your box and you can just explore as much as you like. And I'm so grateful for that. Close your eyes and imagine living a life you love unapologetic and unbothered, free from daily microaggressions from Karens and Kens, free from the fear of police brutality and systemic racism. Wouldn't that feel amazing? Now open your eyes. What if I told you that it's possible? Hear inspiring stories and get the actual blueprints from brothers and sisters of the diaspora who are living out their wildest dreams abroad. You've heard the term, now be inspired by the movement. I'm Krishan Wright, and this is Blacksit Global. I have the pleasure in this episode of the Blacksit Global podcast to introduce you, for those of you who don't know her, but then those of you who do, I'm sure you will be super excited and delighted as much as I am to welcome to the podcast none other than Sharita Jennings. And she will tell us about her fabulous travels as she is joining today from Medellin, Colombia. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Blacksit Global, Sharita. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. I follow you, and that's how I found you <laughs> uh, on, on the gram right. and enjoying your content. And we'll talk about your content creation. You're a content creator, and in addition, you're an attorney. Mm-hmm. You have a fabulous background, digital nomad. I mean, the list goes on and on. <laughs> I would love it if we could start at the beginning. All right. Well, um, in 1985, my mom and dad, no. <laughs> um, the beginning, I guess, of my digital nomad life um, started almost four years ago. And I don't have like this big aha moment that led it that led me to start this life. But I was an attorney in Washington, D.C., had great friends, great job, but it felt too comfortable. And something told me that I just needed to shake things up. And so I began a long process of like saving and researching and visiting some countries as well. um, Before I settled on Medellin, Colombia. And after a year (laughs) of saving and planning and being doubtful and being scared, I finally took the leap and moved abroad in uh, September 2018. And I did kind of like the big chop in the digital nomad world. Like I (laughs) cut off, I quit my job, 
because back then, pre-pandemic, it was kind of hard to work remotely as an attorney and my job was like, hell no. So I decided to save a lot and turn my side hustle into my income, which was a fitness coach at the time. So yeah, it, I, did, I took a lot of leaps <laughs> in that one big leap, but I'm so grateful that I did. And probably like a lot of your guests, my plan was to leave for about six months <laughs> and come back. And I haven't really come back to America since. So it's been it's been quite the ride and I've learned so much and I'm very excited to share <laughs> everything with you and your and your audience, but um, it has been quite the ride. And I'm excited to be back in Colombia. It's been full circle now, almost four years later. Wow. Okay. So there's a lot to imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very um, big. <laughs> you know, six months to turn into four years, uh, a round trip to <laughs> Medellin. So you are originally from Virginia. Yeah. I'm from Richmond, Virginia. Mm-hmm. So and, um, when you were growing up in Virginia and you know, you were like, Hey, I had this career. I got rid of it. I started traveling the world. And you talk about a lot of the emotions that come along with that. Mm-hmm. Growing up in Virginia, were you from a traveling family? Where did that come from? (laughs) I think it was kind of ingrained in me. But as I was growing up, I didn't know anyone traveling. But my parents were in the military. So they actually met in California. They they lived in Hawaii. They lived in Turkey. And they lived in Spain, which is actually where I was born. So like in my mom and dad's homes, there are all these like artifacts and souvenirs from all over the world, even though they did it in a really quick time, like about four years they kind of saw the world and came back home to raise me. But um, I was always kind of jealous of that. But other than that, I never really saw anybody go too far out of the country, maybe to Bahamas, you know, pretty much no one in my close vicinity was was traveling very far away. I, I did get a little taste in college. I did do study abroad. Well, it was kind of bootleg study abroad. Like I I weaseled my way into the State Department program because I met some lady at some meeting that I didn't belong to. And I was like, well, I want to work overseas. And um, and so she got me in the program with my very limited Spanish. So I went to Madrid, Spain for three months, but I had to pay for it. So I got the church to um, give me money. My family was giving me money. Everybody was sending me money all the time and I was spending it like crazy. <laughs> so it wasn't official study abroad, but I did uh, live abroad once in college. So that did kind of give me the idea that I enjoyed that. But if you asked me then if I was going to live abroad, long term, I probably would have said no. So yeah, um, I think what really kind of sent me over the edge was in 2017, I had a good friend of mine who was working with me um, at Booz Allen Hamilton. And I want to say the company because it's one of those jobs that you're like, oh, I got me a big name job at a big company. You know, that's where you you stay and you grow. But this girl um, who's my colleague, she, she moved to Chile and she was like, oh, I'm just going to teach Spanish. I'm just going to move to a small town and teach Spanish. And I was like, what? Like, I was so confused. I never really heard of that besides people going out for the Peace Corps. And so I went to visit her in 2017. And most of that trip, I was solo because she was working. Um, So it was kind of my first solo trip. And I was like, oh, I can do this. Like I was making friends. I was getting around just by myself. And on that same trip, I got stranded in Panama City on my way home. And I actually worked remotely just by chance. I had my computer and I was out of vacation. I was like, hey, can I work? Um, Because my plane, I can't get home. And they're like, sure, just, you know, attend the meetings, turning your work, whatever. And so that was my first taste of working abroad and traveling alone. I was like, I kind of like this. And I still have to say, I'd never heard of digital nomads. I didn't know how it was going to work, but I, I knew then that I was like, okay, I think I want to do something that gets me abroad. And so the only way I knew to do it was save up all my money and just move for a while on savings because I wasn't a techie. 
I thought my options were pretty limited. So at the time I was like, okay, I'm just going to save like crazy and just move abroad. So it still took me an entire year. I really like to repeat that because I wasn't one of those people who decided on Monday and left on Tuesday. So, um, but yeah, all of those little things kind of sparked it in me. So what was that year like for you (laughs) from the time that you were like, you know what, I got a taste. I think I could do this, you know, don't have a name or a language for what this is, but it feels like this is something that I would love to do. So what is that year like? I know you talked about savings, but Mm -hmm. within that, there's a lot of steps like figuring out where you're going to go, how much to save for. And also a big thing outside of that is right. Family and friends Mm -hmm. who either will be like, hell yeah, girl, get it. Or what? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, I want to say it was a tumultuous year. Um, Anyone who I, I think I started speaking it out loud, like at the beginning of 2018 or a little bit before that. And people were like, okay, like I would say it to my friends, you know, young people are at least like, "Hmm, okay. They had a lot of questions, which was always every question that someone asked me gave me more doubt because they were like, well, what about your job? What are you going to do about this? Uh, What about your clothes? What about your apartment? And I'm just like, calm down. Like (laughs) they were worried way more than me, but it, it really affected me. I think it's what took me so long to take the leap because I felt like until I could answer every one of those questions, I couldn't leave. And I do want to tell the listeners that that's not true. And it's probably best to just ignore those people or tell them, hey, I really appreciate your questions, but please uh, let me work through it and I'm going to make it happen. But anyway, so that year was a lot of like telling people, getting a lot of questions, getting a lot of doubt. Um, But some of my big steps were I did a lot of research. So I think my biggest tool of research was YouTube. Um, So I just started looking up Black female solo travelers. Um, And I started finding a lot of people speaking highly of Medellin. Um, And there were a few other countries on the list, but I knew I wanted to go to a Spanish speaking country. And Europe was a little hard because of the the visas, only 90 days. So um, Medellin just started standing out and actually just found a few YouTubers that I loved um, because they were just they were just showing their days. And it was just like, okay, if this girl can do it. She doesn't spend that much money. It doesn't look dangerous. It looks really pretty. She's got friends, you know, like all of these things, seeing it in action made it seem a lot more plausible. Um, And then at the same time, I was, while I was a lawyer full-time, I had a part-time business or side hustle as a fitness coach. And so I started ramping that business up and I actually hired a business coach and she really, really helped me out. Like, okay, you need a plan. You keep talking about moving abroad. You don't have a date. You don't know where you're going. You like these places, but you haven't picked anything. You haven't moved a thing out of your apartment, you know, she was like, okay, we got a lot of work. So we, we, we did some numbers. We said, okay, this is how much it might cost you in these cities that you like. Um, so this is how much you need to save. Um, and then for your business, if this is going to be the thing that's keeping you alive, then we need to ramp up your business and make sure that, you know, you're going to have income coming in and stuff like that. And she made me book my flight like six months in advance, just so I could have that deadline. Cause otherwise I wasn't going to go anywhere. <laughs> So I booked that flight and I picked a date um, at which I would quit my job. So everything was on the calendar. So it was like, okay, this is the day I'm going to resign. And this is the day I'm going to move out of my apartment and go to my mom's house and bring all my stuff. And it started, it started becoming much more real when she became a part of it. Like when someone was like, 
boom, 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 because that is not in my nature normally. Um, and with all the emotions swirling around, it was really hard to make those decisions alone. So that was the game changer. Um, and that is Kiara from Ambition Studio. Shout her out. Please follow her. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that really changed the game. And then after that, it was just, okay, well, I got to take these steps. And I did visit Medellin because I hadn't lived abroad officially before. So I visited, I tell people, you don't really need to do that, but I did do it because I was freaking out and I loved it. <laughs> um, so it only like solidified my decision. That is interesting. <laughs> so lots to unpack and I'm glad you shouted out your business coach. Cause that was going to be my, my question. <laughs> I love that you went on your scouting trip slash discovery trip. I've mm -hmm. done one that I, I talked about briefly at the end of the last season to Costa Rica, loved the people, but it wasn't the trip for me. Well, by the time this airs, I'll probably be there, but I am about to embark on my next exploratory to Portugal. I'm going Ooh. to Lisbon. Oh yeah, we've been talking about that. Yes, we have. <laughs> and so when you were talking about like, hey, you wanted to, you know, kind of look at Latin America, you had heard a lot about Medellin. Mm -hmm. When you got there, and I know it solidified that that was where you wanted to go, was there anything that surprised you from what you had seen online? YouTube, other sources and your research, then being like feet on the street and looking around, like what were the things that kind of matched up or even exceeded what you had perceived or the things that you're like, okay, no one said about this, right? Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's always expectation versus reality. I mean, the whole thing was a surprise to me, even though I had done my research and I was watching the YouTube videos, still like stepping foot in Colombia. I visited Cartagena and Medellin and I'm um, just stepping foot in those cities. I was like, wow, like, it's just, I would, I, I'm so glad I went without like letting the story stop me from going because so my family, they're older than me, obviously. So they know Colombia, like in the news. I didn't really know too much. I heard it was dangerous, but I hadn't seen it on the news. Um, and now living here, I know why they were so worried because everything that was horrible in Colombia and really dangerous was pretty recent. It was like early 2000s, 90s. So I was like, okay, okay, I see why y'all mad, why y'all were scared, but it's not here anymore, or it's like in the outskirts. So once I got to Medellin, I was like, wow, it's super clean here. It's very modern. Like it's it's a proper city. Like I don't, I think I thought it would be small buildings and kind of a little more rural, but it's a proper city with traffic and um, big, huge, luxurious malls and very people who are dressed up all the time, and everyone seems to be fairly well off, even like the middle class, they seem to be doing good. And um, so, yeah, all of that surprised me. And then my first visit to Medellin, it also surprised me not to see that many Black people, because I think I went to Cartagena first, and there were so many Afro-Colombians. And then when I got to Medellin, I didn't see so many, so I could see there was a little divide. Um, but that seems to be changing. Like, I see a lot more Afro-Colombians, like they're at my gym, like they're just mixing and mingling in Medellin. And I didn't really see that the first time. But so that was something that um, threw me off a little bit, but it was fine. But the best pleasant surprise was the African-American expat community in Medellin. And I can't remember how I was schooled to this, but I found them on Facebook and it was like Black expats in Colombia. And at the time, my first time here, they were very active. So I joined them for a meetup. And I actually met one of the YouTubers who helped me pick Medellin, like completely randomly. And she's not even like a big time YouTuber. She just had like a few videos, but she really helped my decision because her videos were just very simple and just showed me exactly what I needed to see, like your everyday walk to the cafe and whatever. 
And I met her at the very first dinner and I was like, oh my God, I know you. Like it felt like I was meeting a celebrity, but um, the, the community was just really welcoming. And once you see something about seeing black people, when you go somewhere and black people, but in general, but of course, black Americans, cause you all come from kind of the same cloth, you know that somebody's got your back and you know, you're going to be okay. And a lot of them had been in Medellin for years and they were just loving it. So all of that was all pleasant surprises and just made it so easy and everything got sped up after that. Like I had no more doubts in my mind. It was just, okay, throwing stuff away. I'm selling things. I'm moving. Like (laughs) everything um, became real after that. And I've seen, you know, the beautiful videos of different backdrops, the reels that are (laughs) entertaining and informative. And so if you're not following Sharita, you need to follow Sharita because (laughs) I'm telling you, she's dropping gems, giving the cheat codes. I'm like, I'm sharing it all the time on the, on the Blacks of Global Instagram. You are. I love it. I love it. Thank (laughs) you. (laughs) It's just like, I'm like, she just has great stuff. And so you really leaned into being this content creator and you're an amazing dancer, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think I love those oh the most. I'm like, she is getting down. <laughs> like, what can't Sharita do? <laughs> Ow. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I don't mean, I mean, I want to say I agree, but no, it's like this lifestyle has opened me up to so many things because I'm not really a good dancer. Like if you found me at the club at Park in Washington, D.C., you would be like, oh, look at her. But like salsa has come into my life by moving to Medellin and I've met so many people that way. And I've kind of just really let down a lot of walls and just been a lot more open because you're in a whole new place, a new language. Everything's brand new. So it's like, why not try this other thing? Because it's all new. So what the hell? (laughs) And I think, you know, what you nailed, it's so important. And I felt that when I went on my first solo trip to New Zealand, and I always talk about that being a pivotal moment in my journey. When I was growing up in the Bronx, I had always wanted to live in New Zealand, but then actually going there many decades later, I started to discover, and it happens pretty much on every trip, but that one more specifically, was that I started to discover things about myself and my personality that when I'm in my home country, the States, it's just not there. Like climbing a volcano, zip lining, paddle boarding. I don't know how to Mm -hmm. swim. You know, like all the things that normally would give me anxiety or Mm -hmm. reluctance, that kind of goes away. And I was on this journey by myself or with myself, I like to say, Mm -hmm. and starting to discover who Krishan really is without all of those layers. So you started to talk about part of that. What does that look like or has it looked like for you along the the journey? That is a really good question. I, I completely agree with your statement that it's, I've started to discover like more about who Sharita is and more about my likes because when I'm not home with my family or my core set of friends who are like my family, I just don't have those same like have their opinions on to what I'm doing as well. It's all it's all my decision, which is actually a little bit scary as well um, because I'm not decisive. But <laughs> um, but it's nice, though, because like I can do something. I can stop. I can quit. I can try something else. I can change my mind. Like it, it's just me in this big old world. And it's it's a it's that premise is very scary, but it's also given me this whole new sense of freedom. Um, and so I try, I try all sorts of new things because I'm so far out of my comfort zone that 
I don't even know what comfort is anymore. So it's like, why not <laughs> just try these other things? So I guess specifically it's turned into like, yeah, t- going salsa dancing like a ridiculous amount of time, <laughs> like just becoming like a salsera, if you will, and just being a part of like this international salsa community. Um, it's been doing really stupid things for a, for a novice swimmer in the water, like paddle boarding. And um, I haven't done kite surfing. What did I do? The one where you're holding the string on the boat, but something like that. Parasailing? Is it that one? But more extreme. It'll come to me. But uh, (laughs) water skiing. There we Ah, go. Okay. Yeah. Things I should not be doing because just not the safest swimmer, but I know it's going to be all right. Trying out different languages. Like I started learning a little bit of Portuguese while I was in Portugal. Dating way outside my race, which for me, before I moved abroad, I don't think I had dated a non-Black person. So that's different. And then just kind of not being afraid to just fail and you know some things work some things don't work and and not letting that be the the end of your life which I think back home in my former life was a very big deal it was like I have to stick to my career and I have to do well because because I have to like just because the world told me to I felt like there were a lot of limitations and and expectations that were programmed on me when I was when I was home in the states that now are are long gone so you know, I was a fitness coach and I stopped and I probably would have never stopped if I was home because you're not allowed to quit anything like (laughs) and I've quit several jobs (laughs) since then, which I'm proud to say, like they served me and then I was ready to move on and I've been completely unemployed. I've been, you know, just a side hustler. Now I'm a freelancer. Like I kind of reinvent myself all the time and I would have never done that back home. One, because it's too expensive because <laughs> I couldn't be able to afford to change up all the time. But two, just because, you know, just society, your family, your friends who love you and are trying to see you succeed, they just don't, they usually don't want to put you outside of their box. So now the world is your box and you can just explore as much as you like. And I'm so grateful for that. So is that freedom what allowed you <laughs> to double down really on being a a content creator because a lot of people that go abroad, you know, they want to document their travels and Mm -hmm. things that they're seeing and doing, but you kind of have, I wouldn't say a formula, but you've definitely leaned into like that level of consistency, the quality and things like that, the information. Mm -hmm. Um, So much so that shameless plug, Sharita and I are both featured in an InStyle magazine feature Mm -hmm. last month, Mm -hmm. along with the wonderful Marquita Harris, who I had the pleasure of talking to on um, YouTube as she embarked on her journey with Live for Free on Airbnb. I will link that article and in the show notes for this episode, Mm -hmm. but you've really doubled down on the content creation. And like you said, you get the chance and the freedom to try on different hats. Mm -hmm. So like, how is that, you know, coming together for you or feeling like, Hey, you know what, this is something I enjoy and I'm good at and to keep going. Um, So the content creation has definitely been evolving. Um, (laughs) And I know from the beginning that I was getting a lot of questions like, well, I want to do the same thing, but I don't know how. And you don't know until you live this life, even for just a few months, how easy it is. I don't want to, I don't like the word easy, but it is easy. Like it's simple. Like once you figure out that source of income, you find the place where you can thrive financially um, and socially, of course, then you're, you're kind of set. And it's just so it becomes, it just doesn't seem like this impossible thing anymore once you try it. So 
because to me, I'm like, okay, this, I see so many people in this digital nomad space um, who are making it work and have made it work for years that I want to share it with people who still think it's impossible. So I try to share the information because I'm like, this is how I did it. And one post that I, I feel like I've redone multiple times is like, how do you make friends and find community? Because I'm always around people and doing things in groups. And they're like, didn't you go there by yourself? <laughs> and it's like one weekend, I look like I've been there for months and I do have a formula for it and it is very simple. And, um, you know, so I, because those things now seem very simple to me, but I realized that someone who's still in Richmond, Virginia, um, who doesn't even just see that this is an option. I just want to make everyone aware that this is an option for you and you can do it. And here's how, and if you still don't believe me, then call me because we'll, I'll help you step-by-step like my coach did. So that's wonderful. So I want to circle back on one thing, because as I mentioned, I'm getting ready to embark on my scouting trip. And as I started this podcast in 2020, oh my gosh. uh, And now, well, by the time this airs, (laughs) we'll be in April and a quarter of the way through 2022 already. And my Black Sit is in 2023. And so part of, you know, the journey and what it looked like as a, as a single woman, in with two adult children. Wow. Mama's going to want to get out there and uh, start dating. Yes, <laughs> as she should. No, I, I put a pin in it because I was like, I got to take care of my babies. <laughs> but, um, you know, once that's done, I think, mm-hmm. you know, the guardrails are coming off. So yes. you talked about dating in different countries. Is it the same in terms of, well, people are people or is it different? Maybe not so much in terms of platform or just mm-hmm. dealing with people from obviously different backgrounds. And so you're not maybe pulling from the same well of knowledge. You know, mm-hmm. let, let me know what you think about that. It has been very interesting. It's been very fun. I guess it is very different because it because I, I country hop. So I live places for about six months at a time. So I'm dealing with a different culture, maybe two or three times in a year. And so typically, I can't say this 100% of the time, but typically what that means in my dating life is I can't be like, okay, all these men are the same because I'm in a whole new part of the world. So I kind of have to go in with an open mind, which you should be doing anyway, but (laughs) we don't. But I have to go in with more of an open mind because everything's just different. Like communication styles can be different. Expectations can be different. In Colombia, sorry for the Colombian followers, but I think everybody knows, I don't think monogamy is like the thing here. Like you can find it. <laughs> but it's the it's not it's the exception. And I remember my first Uber ride in Medellin. The driver was teaching me like words for side chick and all this stuff. Like it's just so normal. Oh, Medellin is not my dating place. <laughs> Things like that are the case from culture to culture. And I enjoy learning about it. And sometimes it can be disappointing because you're like, oh, you just you really just want to sleep with me and, and never talk again. Or you want to like keep me around, even though you're, you visibly have your girlfriend on your background on your phone. But in other cases, it has been enlightening. Like in Mexico, I was in Mexico. I've been there twice for in Mexico City for six months at a time, different times. And one thing I learned is because I, my Spanish wasn't like that great. It was, it was good enough to go on dates, but it was a struggle. I like the whole the whole dynamic changed for me because in DC, I was this attorney. And and even my dad told me a few times, like, you, you might not want to list that you're an attorney on the dating apps because people might automatically be intimidated. And I was an attorney and I was working basically a second full-time job with my fitness business. And I would have guys tell me like, oh, you're too busy. I'm like, well, you didn't set a time or date. So 
anyway, I would have those limitations going for me sometimes in DC. And here, it didn't matter. Like I was still maybe an attorney when I met these guys. But on that date, I'm like, I'm depending on them because my lang- the language barrier was so rough. So it was me like learning a lot. I couldn't be like the uber smart woman who like knows everything, has answered everything or a quick response. I became a better listener because I literally had to listen, listen um, in Spanish to like have a good conversation. And so I learned a lot about myself through like the uncomfortable moments in dating abroad. Um and if people were probably listening, like, what, you were dating, like, only in Spanish? And I was, because that is one of the best teachers <laughs> of a language. Um, I would still date Americans, but in Mexico City, I was usually dating Mexicans. And it was it was great. Like, um, my language, my Spanish got better. And the guys, they had to show their patient side, too. So I was pulling out, like, the best sides of both of us because of this, like, language barrier and us having to, like, work through it. So it, it could be really fun. Sometimes it could be frustrating, but usually it was just really fun and um yeah. So I haven't had, I think Medellin has been like the worst place <laughs> dating. And a lot of women here agree, Black women, unfortunately, because they already got Black women. We're not like exotic. And, you know, like some in Mexico, for instance, like one of our advantages is that there's not a lot of Black women. So you stand out and like you, you're losing that when you come to a place where there are people from the diaspora. Um, and Medi- I don't know. It's fine here. People are very nice, but it's never been a great dating place. <laughs> But like in Lisbon, there's people from all over the place, which was cool. Like they were maybe Americans, maybe they're Portuguese, maybe they're African, maybe they're Italian. So if you go to like these big metropolitan cities, you can kind of get a whole taste of the world, um, if you will. And yeah, it's been different and fun and just a big ball of lessons. (laughs) So I'm impressed that you are actually dating and speaking Spanish and forcing yourself to speak Spanish, right? Yeah. To up your game. I think I would be heavily dependent and reliant on Google Translate. <laughs> so yeah. big ups to you for, for getting it done. Yeah. And and shout out to that Uber driver. That <laughs> gave, gave you the low, I don't know. Okay, that's the one tip. If I don't have, if I don't share anything, Uber drivers, okay, of course you got to be careful, but Uber drivers have all the information. Like I asked them where to eat. I asked them about dating. I asked them just everything because they know the city. They have given me all the best recommendations. I've only had one or two like creepy drivers and you know, that happens <laughs> in the world. Yeah. But um, yeah, Uber drivers are clutch. So, <laughs> so I want to know like the cultural norms. I want to know everything. So, and we always end up talking about food, dating, and I don't know, and maybe like politics if I have like a long Uber ride. So, <laughs> <laughs> so now that you're back in Medellin, you are practicing, I believe, again. Yeah, I just yeah. So, <laughs> did you see that on? The, the blueprint and the plan, like how no. did that happen? <laughs> no. So this is one of the things I was doing virtual fitness pre-pandemic, which is really unfortunate. Um, so I thought I was going to be like the, I forgot her name, but one of those famous Peloton instructors. And I was just going to have my little plans uh, or like Kayla, it seems whatever her name is and have my little app. And it just wasn't working that way. Um, <laughs> and then when the pandemic did come and it was my time to shine, I was like, I don't know. I got like the pandemic depression and I just wasn't with it. During the pandemic, I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to earn more money again. (laughs) So I spent several months applying for remote attorney jobs and I did land like a really great job. 
but I actually left that job at the end of last year. But now I'm taking another huge leap and I'm only doing freelance practice because every job I've had has been time zone um, specific and I've made it work. Like I've lived in Europe and worked on the East Coast time zone and it's not bad. Like the latest I worked was like 1 a.m. and that was an extreme case. So usually I would be done by 10 so it wasn't that bad, but I really want to go to Asia and I want, I just want more freedom. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just only look for jobs that are not time zone specific and are contract positions so that I can work them and I can leave when I want to, because I just want the ultimate flexibility. I want money and I want the ultimate flexibility. So this is what I'm embarking on now. And um, so since I've been in Medellin, I've been trying to build up my freelance practice and it's finally coming together. Like I have clients and it feels like I see the light in the tunnel. Like I can see this working out long-term as long as these clients pay me. And um, yeah, <laughs> but I don't think that I would have the balls or the gall or the ovaries to do this <laughs> in the States. Like I just, I know I wouldn't. So and I specifically moved back to Medellin because of its low cost of living. So that gave me the flexibility to try and apply for a hundred jobs and, and maybe not get a hundred jobs. And, you know, I could, I could still survive for a while. So I was very strategic with moving back um, as I took like that next leap of faith with my career. So that's another thing, like this lifestyle just gives you that flexibility. Like, you know what, I think I'm going to make a little less money this year. So let me move to a country where I can still thrive on less money because I want to focus on my mental health. Like, you can't do that in the States. Like, <laughs> you just can't, unless no. you move back home, I guess. But, uh. <laughs> but even then, I mean, between inflation and gas prices, yeah, those of us that are still here getting mm. squeezed in a big way. I went home so. for Christmas and I, oh my God, I tried to buy some bacon and I think it was $12. <gasps> and it was Walmart. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is real. Like, oh, we're not eating this. Like. No. And one time, and actually I still talk about this one reel that you did like a month ago, it might've been. And I had just gone to the store grocery shopping and I bought some chicken breasts, which I buy every week and it had jumped to like $14. And then I think I had seen you in this beautiful grocery store <laughs> and <laughs> you picked up what seemed like the same <laughs> right chicken breast for like nothing and I was yeah. like hold up <laughs> yeah I mean I'm sure it's going to trickle down but it's not happening here like all that inflation and stuff so maybe gas I don't have a car so I don't know but I'm sure gas is gonna go up around the world but um yeah, I'm not seeing the same the same price gouging that I saw at home and so drastic. Like these people here would not survive because living in a third world country, that means the local people probably aren't, their salaries aren't very high. So that is why the cost of living is so low. So it couldn't happen. It would, it would be like Venezuela if it happened here. It was night and day. It was night and day. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, I think that same, and I might be getting the numbers wrong, but mm-hmm. I, I know I paid like $14 or close to that, and you picked this one up, and it was like three, and I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is it 2023 yet? Because <laughs> your girl's ready to go. Like, it's time. It's, it's, time. it's time to tap out. <laughs> And then that same Purdue CEO probably took home like a million extra dollars. You know, exactly, (laughs) exactly. And I find that I don't like to take broad brushes about any society, but Mm -hmm. I think in a lot of the cultures and the countries that I visited, when the balance kind of shifts where the government 
becomes, I wouldn't necessarily say the ruling class, because obviously every government serves its function, Mm -hmm. but where citizens are working just to serve the government. And so things get out of whack with the laws or, Mm -hmm. you know, pricing or anything like that. You know, the citizens band together and they make their voices heard on a collective Mm -hmm. level until things change. Now, Mm -hmm. it may not happen overnight, may not happen at all, but you see that here Mm -hmm. will go yesterday. As a matter of fact, I had taken my daughter or actually I was running errands and I had gotten gas the other day and I think it was like 375 or 389. I think it was Thursday. And then I went out Saturday to get food and it was 405. So I'm like, okay, that's a lot in three days. And that was yesterday. And then today I had to take my daughter to do her volunteering and it was 425. Mm. Now yesterday it was 405. So I'm like, and I'm texting my brother who's visiting, you know, our mother in Florida. And he's like, in a day? Yeah, that that much. And, you know, people are going to keep filling up their SUVs Mm. and their trucks. You know, Mm. I'm sure I'll be paying a lot more for my plane ticket home because I was kind of waiting for prices to go down, which is not going to happen because now, you know, it is something that we will feel definitely in the United States and, and other parts of the world might, you know, will feel it and maybe have some level of insulation. But I think the thing that I want to underscore is that it's really important to think about the countries that you're considering. And then also to the extent that you can, you know, things related to where they are in the geopolitical landscape, because it could have consequences that mm-hmm. you'll you'll encounter, which, you know, we're seeing that play out on a, on a day-to-day basis between what's going on with Ukraine and Russia. So, Sharita, as you start to now embark on this new part of your journey with now freelance contract, mm-hmm. uh, attorney work and legal work and content creation, yeah. what do you think is next for you? Because I know you talked about being more of a six month stint and then another country, but mm-hmm. I know, you know, Medellin has always like been on your heart. Mm-hmm. Do you see yourself staying there or do you see other countries on the horizon? So I definitely see countries on the horizon and probably for the next year. It's hard to look past like six months, but (laughs) for at least the next six months, I could see myself like spending more time in different countries. But I do want my focus next year to be like, okay, pick a base and get a long-term lease. I don't think I want to buy just yet because I'm kind of scared, Um, but um, get a nice long lease and um, and then make that my base. So I'll probably still travel, but I'll establish residency. And then I'll also have a place to like leave my stuff, which is something that I can't really do right now. <laughs> and I do miss that. So um, I think next year I'll, I'll have some home, <laughs> even though I might not be there that much. <laughs> that is so awesome. That is so mm-hmm. awesome. So with that, I will say for those listening to be continued. Yes. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine, but uh, <laughs> Medellin is a, is one of my favorite cities and then Mexico City. Those are my two favorite cities. But as some of my friends here say, I would need to import my man <laughs> into Medellin because I don't think I'm going to find him here. So that's the really the one of the biggest things that keeps me from not settling here because like, I'm trying to be single forever. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sharita needs a boo, y'all. <laughs> I mean, hey, if this is, if that's what happens on here... <laughs> 
<laughs> right. Well, look, you know what great I story. found out in our in our membership community passport. One of the members shared and was like, "I met my husband through your group." I'm like, "What?" I have no shame in how I meet him, but. <laughs> So you I never know. It. I mean, look, if I can make it happen in the in the passport group, I mm-hmm. think I can make it happen on the podcast. So, you know. All right. Y'all leave some comments, you know, just <laughs> let oh us know. Oh my gosh, Sharita, I can talk to you all day. It has been an absolute pleasure having you as a guest. Please let me know and the listeners know where they can find you. So you can find me primarily on IG and TikTok at It's Sharita's World. And so TikTok, I'm even more like into the information information. Um, but there it's a, it's kind of getting driven by the audience. So right now I'm showing people who maybe aren't American how to um, get money online, but everyone can use these tips. And so now that I finally figured out how to work Upwork and all of those things, I'm going to be sharing my journey on both IG and TikTok. Um, so yeah, so follow me and thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. I definitely want to come back. <laughs> oh yes, I was going to say, I, A, I want to have you back and B, we have to do a YouTube live. You're just such a pleasure and such a joy. And I think more people need to hear about your story and learn about all the content that you share because I think it would be great. Yes, I'll take my twist out. I'll be cute. (laughs) Look, you know, I mean, we've already been in style magazine together. So, you know, mic drop. Yes, we're clearly in style. Exactly, exactly. I'm flipping my hair. Oh, thank you so much, Sharita. I can't wait for this episode to air and for everything that uh, Sharita has discussed, including the information about her business coach. I will link that in the show notes for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Blacksit Global Podcast. For more information on today's episode, be sure to visit our website at blacksitglobal.com. It's not only possible to live out your dreams unbothered and in full color, it is your birthright. Are you trying to sort out health plans, banking, VPN, and other connectivity for your move abroad? Well, have no fear. We've got you with the Move Abroad Starter Kit. Get yours today at blacksitglobal.com resources. That's blacksitglobal.com resources.